Hi, everyone. I'm Jill Smokler, and I've got issues. I've got a ton of issues, actually, and I'm pretty sure you do, too. And I'm positively sure we'll both feel better having talked about them. And that's what this podcast is all about. So let's get started. I'm pretty sure you're going to recognize today's guest by her voice because she is one of the funniest character actresses in Hollywood and has a very recognizable face and voice and is just hilarious. My guest today is Judy Greer, who is here to talk about everything in addition to her line of menopause products that she is a co-founder of called While. And that's where we started out talking and then got into a whole bunch of other things and a lot of sex in the city, which I didn't see coming, but there you have it. I was in my early, like very early 40s, and I was starting to like, just like have not major symptoms but like having like these weird, like kind of forgetting like my lines or just like losing a word or like having that brain fog, um, being cranky, uh, having insomnia for the first time, like all these like weird, like, like, and not like major versions of these symptoms, but just like a tiny little bit of them. And I was, I just remember being on set and my onset costumer, this woman named Susie, who I loved, she was like, Oh girl, that's menopause. And I'm like, basically like go F yourself. Like I'm 40, (laughs) Um, but because, and here's like my me climbing onto my soapbox um, because no one talks about it. Like I'd never talked about it with my mother. I've never talked about it with my friends. I still don't really talk about it with a lot of my friends. Like some of my closest girlfriends, like still are like, I don't want to talk about that. And I'm like, whatever dude um so it's so weird i don't so weird to me and it's because like i don't know maybe because my two close girlfriends are virgos i don't know but they they just don't want to talk about that stuff and and it's weird going through it like i mean i don't yeah they are i can see them going through it by the way i'm like oh yeah right or just like i don't know why i can't sleep and i'm like "Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know why you're sweating through your pajamas either (laughs) um don't worry about it uh (laughs) but i think it was like a it, it was just incredible to me that that we get so much attention for making babies which in theory is like hopefully nine months of your life. If you have infertility issues, maybe it's a lot longer that process, but like the baby making is so focused, um, within women's health. And then everything else is like, whatever you have your babies or you've decided not to have babies or you've, however, the baby thing gets handled in your specific life, then you're pretty much over as far as doctors are concerned. Like then, you know, like you're good. I mean, we're trying not to get cancer, but otherwise like good luck out there lady. Um, And I'm like, but wait, as I started to do more research and I'm like, you can get symptoms of perimenopause for like 10 years. And then you can go through menopause. I know. And you can go through menopause. I mean, the actual moment of menopause is like one day of your life, but then like the post menopause symptoms. I mean, this is like potentially 20 years of your life that you have to deal with crazy hormonal shifts and like changes to your body and your mind and like weird offshoots of other issues that can arise depending on how you handle perimenopause and menopause. Like, like no one is talking about about this really like and then it just gets me back to the patriarchy yay um i told you i was on my soapbox but i'm like i started my feelings started to get hurt because i was like it's my money and my time like 
is it really not worth it to you? Like patriarchy, like, is that, is it really that women are so inconsequential in society that you're not even spinning out being like, how can we make more money off of this woman once she turns 50 or 45 or whatever? Like, like that they don't even want our money at this point, because I know me and my friends, like we will buy shit that we need to make ourselves feel better. I mean, look at all the wellness that's going on, you know, that like, like we're constantly inundated on our feeds of social media, like our, like the pop-up advertisings on websites, but like that they don't even want to like focus on this time in our life. It's like, I was like, my feelings were hurt. I was like, wow, we really are the lesser sex. Like oh, it's that. infuriating. Yeah. It's so like, maddening. It is. And so that got me really angry. And then um, talking to a friend of mine, who's actually a man, <laughs> um, about but all we this like stuff. Him. He's okay. He can be. He's, he's a good a one. There ever. are a lot of really good ones out there, by the way. Um, but uh, I was talking to him about this and it was like the craziest, weirdest, like aha universe God moment where he's like, well, that's insane that you're telling me this because I'm, I'm working with a girlfriend of mine that I've known for years. And we're talking about, uh, this phase in a woman's life. So this woman, Gwen, um, who is one of our business partners at while, which is the company that I became involved with. We make, uh, supplements and tinctures and drink powders, uh, that help aid symptoms during perimenopause. But since, uh, Gwen had, very early perimenopause, like in her thirties. And her mom had gone through an insane perimenopause experience, like basically almost lost her mind. And so Gwen was like very dialed into this and very, she's so smart. And she was talking, you know, to doctors and to friends and like no one, again, she experienced what I experienced, which was like, no one really wanted to talk about this. And then there was this like a huge white space in the market where we're like, why is no one addressing this again? Like, is our money not good enough? And are our symptoms like, so like, who cares? Like you're done making babies. We don't really need you. Like we're really not in that, that like important to society anymore. I mean, like I was really spiraling, but Corey and Gwen approached me about working with them on this project on while, which is, like I said, we make supplements and tinctures and, and really it was just exciting. I mean, I take our product every day. But what I was really excited about was the opportunity to like start to talk about this. And at the time I was really, I'm talking so much. Am I just talking too much? Okay. Anyway, you're here to um, talk. <laughs> you were talking. <laughs> that would really suck. <laughs> be weird. Um, at the time I was like, I don't know how comfortable I am talking about menopause and I am not in menopause. Like I am still perimenopausal, but well, I was like, I, I feel like I keep correcting people because the language, like you were saying, menopause is actually that one day and people keep, we, we, put out a, we yeah. put out a, a podcast in a magazine on menopause. So people keep talking to me about it and asking me, you know, where, so have you, have you gone through menopause? I'm like, well, actually you don't go through yeah. menopause. You hit it for one day and I'm in yeah. perimenopause as you likely are too, because it's a really long period of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's so much that um, is it's, misspoken and, and yeah, misunderstood. Sorry, I totally interrupted right. you. No, it's great. I, I was talking so much, but it's true. Menopause technically is, is like the 24 hour period of time. It's like 24 hours since 
like the one year anniversary of your last period. Right. So I imagine it is, like white jeans, yeah. like popping out from the computer, like confetti yeah. and like, I know. And just, it was so funny. When I finally moved into my, I, I moved into this house like a really long time ago when I bought it, but I, I was, uh, I'm just, this is a tangent, but the white jeans thing, I was like, when I have my own washer and dryer, I'm only wearing white jeans. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I remember like moving in my house, buying a washer and dryer and then going and buying white jeans. Um, and how so many times like, have you worn them? I like never wear them. <laughs> I well, now you, when you hit that menopause, then that is your <gasps> well, reason. Like, I am a very messy eater. So my reasoning for not wearing <laughs> white jeans is <laughs> more about like just what a pig I am when I'm eating. Um, but that feel, I will tell you, because when I hit menopause, it will be very anticlimactic because I had a um, hysterectomy years ago. So like, right. it's sort of, I'm not exactly sure where I am in that process. Um, yeah. What but, do they tell you about that? Well, they tested my blood levels and they can sort of tell, but it's very, um, it's like you go by the other symptoms and you go by the estrogen levels. And I was convinced I just had the testing done and I was really sure that I had gone through it because several years ago I had a stint where I was like waking up just drenched in my clothes and like, just like sweating like crazy. And I was like, just diagnosed myself as that was the worst of menopause (laughs) and was shocked to find that, no, I have not even hit the beginning of that stage yet. So, um, that's exciting. (laughs) But what, what I was going to say is I did hit the joy of the ability to wear white pants because of the hysterectomy. And it is cause to celebrate, not necessarily the white pants, but just the ability to like always get up from a chair and not have to look behind you with like that sinking feeling of, oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like leave something behind or not. It's (gasps) a glorious thing never to have that again. So it's pretty special. Like I, I've invested in a lot of, um, so my friend and stylist, Carla Welch has a company called the period company and she makes, well, there's like so many, also another thing about going through this phase and like, I still get my period every single month. Yay. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, but there's like so many new developments now. And like, and I think of like my stepdaughter and she's 27 and all of her girlfriends. And I'm like, gosh, we didn't have any of this, like, like cups, like, like having a shot, like getting a IUD, like I, I'm like having so underwear many, that's like holds a day period. Of like, so how like, is that possible? It's like, so crazy. Like, so, so Carla Welch's company, the period company is like, has been like transformative in my life because yes, like now all of a sudden you can like, just, it's also so much better for the environment, so much cheaper. Like the pink tax is crazy. And then also like what we go through every single month is so bad for the environment. Like I can't even believe that we're like, that we're all still like, on board with this. Like, yeah, I just like throw away all of this like paper and cotton, like all day, every day for like seven days. Like it's still that we haven't really addressed that. Yeah. I, as far as my recycling responsibility, I've never even gone there, but yeah, that's, it's mm. a lot. And then money you spend, like, you know, the other thing the period company does, which is really great is like, they give, it's like one of those buy one, give one. So people are Mm. getting, anyway, I'm not oh. totally here to talk about period underwear, but I'm a big, huge fan. And no, it's been I will look into that company. <laughs> yeah, okay, please. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, okay. I have found the same thing in my circles of people that um, nobody nobody is talking about it, even in the, like, the most insular groups. Like even in my like core groups of like 
three right. or four people. It's not even like penetrating that conversation. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I'm always, oh, I'm always the one in any situation who just blurts out things and makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> so I'm usually the one who will just say something that kind of breaks the, you know, awkwardness. Um, but it's so interesting how hesitant people are um, to dive into it. What have you, have you found ways to get people to open up either through while or just through um, your own experiences? Well, um. I am someone that people do tend to talk to about mm -hmm. things like random things. I don't know why. Uh, because you're everybody's best friend. <laughs> probably. <laughs> My husband is like, cause you're America's best friend. Yeah. Um, I'm America's best friend. I'll take it. Uh, but I think while has definitely like helped because definitely when I want to like give products to friends or, or acquaintances or something, and I'll be like, Oh, what are your symptoms? Cause um, we have several products, but, we don't think that they're all right for everybody. So certainly like we have a quiz on our website you can take, but like, I'll just ask my friends and that gets people talking to like, oh, are you experiencing this? Okay. No. Okay. Yes. Okay. Then. Okay. And, but it's interesting because also someone will just, I mean, women talk about their feelings a lot and they talk about, um, or at least in my experience, they talk about their feelings. They talk about things that like, are a bit off, but like when you really dig into talking about your age and, and truly like how you feel about being the age you are, I think that is where things get tricky. And I think maybe people just don't want to admit that they're, it's just seen as such a negative in, in society. And like, you know, youth is valued, beauty is valued. Um, so to be starting to talk about like, oh yeah, like I'm not having this thing anymore that makes me a valuable member of society, meaning a baby maker, whether I choose to or not. Um, if I have those, uh, you know, um, organs in my body, like, uh, like once you, cross out of that category, even the ability to, I think we've just been told because of the generation before us that like, A, we don't talk about our bodies and B, like, we're not really useful anymore. Like, what are we, what are we adding to society? I mean, like, I'll go back again, just to sort of still being a part of a patriarchy and, and like how undervalued we are. And there's a crazy statistic, which I can't tell you because I can't remember numbers. Um, <laughs> this was even before all this. Uh, but there is a really intense, uh, a crazy statistic I heard at this Forbes health forum that I went to about women leaving the workforce in their late 40s and 50s. And, and we're there's losing a fantastic article about that for people oh, who are listening. Oh, I would, if you could, I would love yes, it. Someone could definitely send that link to me. that. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, and I think, um, and I think, well, this woman who I was talking to at this Forbes event that I went to and I spoke at, she was telling me because she was like taking me aside and she was like, I want to talk to you about your company and what you're doing and your platform. And, and she was saying like, I'm seeing these women, like I'm losing women from my teams in the workforce. And, and they're saying it's because they want to stay home with their kids who are in high school because their kids are going to be leaving soon and they want to be around for that. She's like, but I think that they're, I think something else is going on. And I mean, I can't totally speak to that. Like my job is weird. I'm an actor, so I can act for as long as characters are still the age I am whenever I choose to play them. <laughs> I mean, but like, uh, but as far as like leaving the workforce, like, I don't know, but 
that kind of rang true because I know for myself in those early moments when I would walk on set and be like, like crap, like what's that guy's name? Or like walking into a room and being like, why am I in this room? Or even being at a cocktail party and being a part of a conversation where like I fully lose my train of thought and I, my self-confidence just plummets and feeling that feeling of like, I don't know what I'm contributing anymore. And I don't know how to talk about this thing anymore. And I keep spacing out and I can't sleep and I'm cranky and I'm sad. And my self-confidence is in the toilet and like my skin is starting to sag. And just like all of these things, I think would make me want to be like, you know what? I think I'm good for a minute. I think I'm okay. I think we're good. We just won't go on like fancy vacations. Like, I don't know if I need to work or whatever the case may be. Like I could see that happening. um, And I can see why, if you're not really talking about it and you don't have a great doctor who's willing to go through this with you and help you through it, like I can see why you might just want to retreat. Absolutely. I, I did an interview a couple of months ago and was fully having a hot flash during it and didn't have anyone doing hair and makeup. The, the interviewer of course had hair and makeup and she was stunning and yeah. I'm like <laughs> dripping with sweat. And I look over to her makeup person. And I was just like, I'm really having problems thinking like she's going to help me out. And she just shook her head. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, this is so horrible. As I'm like dabbing myself and you can see on the internet, like it sounds like I'm exaggerating on the actual interview. You can see. No, (laughs) you are like fully broadcast newsing, which is not a hip reference, but like Uh, I'm Donald Trumping. I'm, I'm Giuliani-ing, whatever we call it now. (laughs) But like, I think that first of all, that makeup artist, um, I mean, help a girl out. Let's see equivalent of handing like a tampon under the stall. Like you just do it if you have Sex in the city when she had the tampon and then they got seated. I know. Also, I'm thinking this makeup artist has not gone through this yet. And probably one day we'll be like, probably so. And I also just because you mentioned that happened to read that you um, love the reboot and just like I that. do. I totally do too, and I feel like nobody else does. So I was very relieved to hear that like someone I respect I, actually likes it. I do so because um, like warts and all. Like I, I, I see what some people are. I, I see their points. Okay, but like. I missed those people. Like I right. missed those characters and I missed that fairy tale. And like, no, did we people. really like, are we really looking to sex in the city to tell me how I should be behaving and dressing and acting and what I should be buying and eating? Like if you're looking to these people for that, then this problem is yours, not the shows. <laughs> like, like, this come on, true. this is a fairy tale. And you know, like, I don't know. I, 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 I love these women and, and the men and I love all the characters. I love the new characters. I love the world. I have to know, Judy, what did you think when Carrie said the line to Che and she was like, said the line about thinking that she made a mistake with Big and maybe it was Aiden all along? Because I was, I was like, whoa. I think that she's was, wrong about that. I did too. I felt but, like that was really wrong and I did not approve. So, okay. But I also like to delve into the psychological place where maybe she was thinking that. It's like to, I don't think Carrie has properly processed Big's death. And no, maybe. She moved and, on very quickly. Very quickly. And so I feel like. I haven't seen her in a therapy. No, I have But I think, like, potentially she was, um, I'm making all this up. I think maybe she was. It is a fictional character, so. True. It would be Um, be fitting. (laughs) That she was, like, 
trying to uh, skip over the, the, the pain and get to like this new place of like, no, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like this, I think she was like, I don't know. I think she was like making herself feel better. Okay. We're okay. trying to, trying to justify jumping in so quickly again with Aiden, maybe. That's true. That's true. It's just, I felt like it was so disrespectful towards Big and I really didn't like it. It was like the one thing that I yeah, was just like. like I also, you know, since the show premiered 101 years ago, like I've gone through a lot of therapy and I've been in a lot of relationships and I was like, Big is treating her like shit. And now I'm like, well, she kind of let herself be treated like shit. Like she's kind she, of a really underdeveloped person <laughs> in every you know? way. No, I mean, truly. And so I don't know. I I feel like she's justifying a lot of this with Aiden, but like her and and, and I'm sensitive to this because I married a man with two children. And so I adjusted my life to be with him and the kids as much as I could for what I do for a living. Like, and I feel like she is just like, yeah, like come when you can. It's like, well, shouldn't you be there with him? Like, shouldn't you be taking on like the uh, a version of a co-parenting role, like a co-parenting adjacent role with these children? Like she's not, she's not, no, but historically, that's her. I mean, she's not a very I know. So there's been like person. no evolution of this person. But I don't you know, care. I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here for it. I'm so here for it. So and also, like, I'm sorry, but like, how do you go from like having your own TV pilot to like doing reception at a veterinary clinic again? Like, <laughs> was it that? Were you that hand to mouth? Did you spend all the? I'm mean, like, I know she bought that apartment, which like, I'm like, are you? That's like the New York equivalent of like buying a fancy car when you do a pilot. Which when I moved here, it was like, don't buy a fancy car. It's just a pilot and i'm like shay what are you doing with that apartment <laughs> i love to watch people make mistakes <laughs> it is the most entertaining to judge <laughs> it really is <laughs> anyway yes. um so back to while because i am curious um how much how much of the design the like behind the scenes stuff were you involved in and is that something like how it's so different than acting, which is what you've oh, done your entire life. So yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what's it like? Well, I so design wise, look wise, like the 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 way that the product, uh, like everything about that, I had nothing to do with except for being like, oh my god, yes, I love it. It's such a yeah, it's so beautiful. But but that's like we have geniuses who. Um, are in charge of that. Uh, I started taking the product uh, about six months before we before we launched and before I became a founding partner. So I was like, I need to take this product and make sure that it's something that like works on me that I like that um, that I feel like is making a difference in my life. And so that was my that was like my 
that I had to do that in order to be able to like tell my friends like, Oh, you should take this. It works. Um, the second thing that and second, third and whatever, after that, like I've been to, um, I've been to like our, 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 the place where we mix our formulations. I met, um, the woman who creates our formulations. I've toured the facilities that put it all in the packages together. Like I've been a part of, I've gotten to see, I should say, um, I mean, I am not a business person, so I am not the one who's like, you know, figuring out like who's going to make the greatest version of our bottle. Like that's for my business partners. But for me to be able to talk about a product and to be able to tell people, I think they should take this product. Like it's important for me to see like where it's made, who's making it and does it work? And so that I sign off on all that. Like I really love it. And I don't need all of our products. I don't take all of them. I take the ones that are suited to me. And I also sometimes get like supplement overload. So it's another thing I really like about our products is that we have tinctures and those are so easy. And I do take our perimenopausal support supplement every day, but the tinctures I really, really love and carry those around with me because that's something that like you can just drop in your mouth or put in a drink or something. And, and I learned a lot from um, talking to Jillian who does our formulations. She's so cool. And she's taught me a lot about herbs and adaptogens and things that I didn't really know about the difference between those and vitamins. Um, and that like what, what we're doing when we're taking herbs and adaptogens are actually, it's like, it's like teaching your body how to function properly. We're not adding in something that it's missing. We're, te we're using this as like a tool to teach your system physiologically how to, how to function and how to like, how to do the things that we need it to do to have like the best life we can have. So as taking a vitamin C, for example, like you're, you're deficient in vitamin C. So you're going to take a vitamin C to like make up that deficiency. Right. But like taking something like ashwagandha is going to be very different because an ashwagandha, like we don't need ashwagandha. <laughs> like we're not going to die without, we're not going to get scurvy if we don't have ashwagandha. Right. But ashwagandha is going to teach our body how to process stress and cortisol. So so that's what we want to teach our body to do so that when someday we don't take our ashwagandha, our body is processing our stress hormones better because this ashwagandha is like a teacher. It's like Duolingo, like teaching your body, like how to process these hormones, how to create like a better way to function through this process in our lives, like using these different herbs and adaptogens that our formulators have put together the ratios and, and the amount and what it is. And some have some, and some have the, have other things, you know, because not every, there's not like a once as we've seen, as you're starting to go through perimenopause, if, if whoever's listening is like, your symptoms are not going to be the same. There's over 36 symptoms to perimenopause. So like, you can't take one pill for everything. Like you may not get hot flashes, someone else might. So like, you don't need to be taking something for hot flashes. If you're not going to get a hot flash, like what's the point? Anyway, I was excited when I learned all this stuff because I didn't know that. I mean, I've been taking supplements and herbs for years and I had no idea what it was really for. Well, I just, I didn't even think of, of putting the tincture in water or any kind of liquid because I have to admit, I'm not a fan of tinctures. And okay. And I that's thought like, you had to just take it like as is, no. like under your tongue or something. It's 
it's a lot to take. Um, no, you can so- like put it, put it in some water, put it and then shoot it like a, like I do that with apple cider vinegar. I can't with that. Oh, I can yeah. force myself to drink a lot of crazy crap, but apple cider vinegar is like one of those gaggy things for me. So when I do feel like I need to take it, I will just put it in a little cup of water and shoot it. I also take oregano oil. My husband can drop it right really? on his throat. Oh, it's so good for you, but don't take it every day. Just take it when you start to feel like you're getting sick. Like, for example, if you had taken it, I'm just saying. I know. Here I am. So we we keep oregano oil in the house, like in our cold medicine. And it's just like that absolute first second, that little tiny tickle. See, at that point, I'm still in denial and I'm not ready to admit that I'm getting sick. So I don't even know that I'd have like the self-recognition to be able to like, okay, right. it's time I, for oil. It used to be like that, but now I'm like, no, you will not get sick. This will not turn into anything. <laughs> I am associated with yeah. business now. <laughs> you will not get sick after, after the pandemic and like having to act during the pandemic. I mean, look. I am not complaining because I had like my pandemic was very different than most people's pandemics, but like having to take a, a test every single day and get sent home from a job because you've tested positive for COVID. I am like, I will not ever get sick again. I will never take a germ on the set. I don't want to be responsible for any of my lovely crew members getting sick or anything else or shutting. I had to shut, I shut down a movie for 10 days. It was awful. Did you really? That's horrible. Uh, I was sobbing so hard that my producer was like, I feel like someone should drive you home. Like, I don't think. I was like overcome. I felt awful. Would it have been better if it were like COVID or if it were something like surgery or something that was like just possible that you could get it? I wonder. I don't know why I, I'm wondering that, but like, because that just sucks. That's such a shitty feeling, but it could be anyone. COVID. I mean, it yeah. could be anyone. And like, and who knows? Like, so not everyone tests every day. And like, COVID was just so right. weird because like, you could do everything totally perfectly right and still get it. And then like, I would sit because I don't have little ones at home. So I would sit and like try to do everything perfectly right while I'm working. And then I have friends that have little ones and we're working and like, their kids are going to school and you know what I mean? Like their kids are out in the world and then coming home and it's like, they don't get it. Like I was just like, it's not fair. (laughs) I I had a friend who literally was like, um, Lysoling every grocery bag that was delivered to her house and like every single thing. And I did feel like a tiny bit smug when she got it because I was not that person. Neither were we. We were like my husband and I, we were like, really? People are wiping down their Amazon boxes. Should yeah. be doing that, and we we're like, eh. well, and at this point, it sort of feels like a cold. So I don't know. I know it's so much better now, but also like at the time, I remember walking my dog wearing like we were. You were supposed to wear a mask all the time. We would walk the dog in masks, but now and it then it was scary. like then it was like don't wear the masks, and then you're like, oh crap, okay, I won't wear the mask outside. But I, it was just like, I don't, how did what's happened? It's such oh a my weird God. thing that we lived through. What was it like? as a celebrity being someone who's recognized, like did, did the mask wearing, like, did you feel like you could like just disappear in a way that like you didn't before? Or are you able to sort of like, I don't know, go under the radar because you're known so much as a character actress who, who people feel like is someone in their real life anyway. Did that make any sense? It did make sense. And I didn't feel like it changed anything about my life, but also Mm. I didn't go anywhere. I just, I I did. I went to the supermarket. I didn't do Instacart or anything because I'm like way too controlling for that. So like I was going to miracle from heaven. I know, but I don't, I never have done. I can't, I can't get them. I don't know. I just can't figure it out. So I go to the store myself and like, I go to the same supermarket once a week. And during COVID I did too. And like, 
that was the only place I really went. And so all those people, like, we all know each other anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. they would be like, how are you? And I'm like, you can tell it's me. And they're like, <laughs> Judy. <laughs> Also, my voice is very recognizable, I've learned. So when people hear me talking, no, the mask didn't do much for me. But I mean, I also still really liked it sometimes because if you're wearing like a mask and a baseball hat. That is totally incognito. Yeah. And I sh- my mom warned me. I, did, I was in Rome last week and I came home Ooh. and she warned me. That's where you got sick. On, and that's totally where I got sick. And I'm totally getting I told you so later when she listens to this. Um, I yeah. said after during the pandemic and after the pandemic, I was like, well, I'll never ride on an airplane again without a mask. And then, of course, <laughs> I haven't put a mask it's on. It's so an suffocating and it's so stuffy on the airplane. And I'm, yeah. I know. I don't. I don't do it either. And I mean, maybe we will again one day. I, mean, I hope not. But like, I think, you know what? I think I have a lot of immunity now. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. You would think you would think we all would just sort of repel germs at this point. Um, I know. Oh, actually, I did want to ask one question. Yeah. So I had a couple of years ago that just was a hell of a couple of years. And I sort of um, lost my mind a little bit and just had like a couple of years of like just shit. And then sort of rebuilding myself. Oh. And yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to get so deep. On it, no, that's okay. I like it. No, but I um, love it. I like to go there. <laughs> well, my question was going to be my youngest, um, very earnestly, a couple months later, like when I had sort of come out the other end was like, so does everybody have what you had? Does everybody have like a midlife crisis and put it like in like air quotes? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, well, I think to a degree people do. I think it just, you know, I think everybody sort of when they get to middle age, like reflects on where they are and like just sort of thinks about like act two and you may not have like a total mental breakdown, but like there's a moment when you're sort of like shit, like reevaluating everything. Um so n- my question is not, have you had a complete mental breakdown? Because I'm not your therapist, <laughs> clearly. I will um, tell you if I did, but I have not yet. I would love to break that. Let's <laughs> hear <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this will be the first place you come. <laughs> the mirror is going to be all over. Turns um, out, pretty great. <laughs> America's best friend. Um, Just but, like uh, us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But have you in your middle age ish had any sort of like moments of like where am I reevaluating like just sort of the middle age yes. shitness. Yes. Uh I have and and um but I haven't come out on the other side of it yet. So while I would say like no as of yet and not ruling it out, no mental breakdowns, no like major I would like, not recommend. I'm not, I don't want to do that. Um, I've been going to therapy for so many years and I really love therapy um, for this reason. Not that you, you know, I, I mean it, I don't know that it would stop something like that from happening, but like, I really, I also really love my therapist. And I think that there's a lot of probably like mediocre therapists out there who maybe like would, would are good. I mean, the thing that's interesting about therapy is like therapists are like, they're specialties, you know what I mean? And like, you want to find someone who, like, you could have a great therapist for your 20s, but you might need a different vibe for like your 40s. Like, it's just an ebb and a flow. And like, there's times in your life where maybe you're really better off going to um, a therapist of the opposite sex or something like that. Like, I don't know, someone who specializes in X, Y, or Z. But I think like, 
it's sort of creeping up on me. And I, and I went, I did this, like I did like two days on this Netflix movie years ago with Jane Fonda and Robert Redford. And I think it was called our souls at night. Um, I think it was called that because I don't remember off the top it of my head. It is because okay. it comes up in my like suggested things every now and then. I'm always like, what is oh, that movie? I've never seen it. It's sweet. Sorry, no, no it. it's fine. It's really sweet. And, and, and on set, off, off set, like when we were hanging out, um, Jane, she's so incredible as I'm sure you can imagine. She was like, well, yeah, so awesome to just reference yeah. her with one name. Yes. So Jane, she was like, <laughs> how old are you? Which of course she can ask you that question. And I think at the time, I don't remember. I was like 42 or whatever. I'm like 42. And she goes, Ugh, don't you hate your forties? And I was like, what? Yes. But why? Really? I do. I hate my forties. Really, but like, why are you telling me this? And she's like, I'm sending you my books. You have to read my books. She's like, the forties are terrible. Fifties are incredible. You oh just need to get your really? three. Yeah. So she had more. Because I me do not like this. my forties. No, and I think that like, look, I mean, I'm definitely like here talking about my supplements in this phase of our lives, but I don't think it can be ignored that like our hormones, we're going through a second puberty. We're going through backwards puberty puberty. And hormones are like crazy drugs. Like my friends who have teenagers at home, I'm like, you have to pretend like you're living with a drug addict. Like it's a disease and you can't fix them. That's what it's like living with a teenager whose hormones are raising. And in a lot of ways it's like potentially what it's like to live with a woman whose hormones are raging. The other thing, again, back to the patriarchy, I feel like men cornered the market on midlife crises, but like women just, it was never talked about. But like what I see is like so much more of that. Like so many people in my life, women leaving their husbands because they're like, I'm just not happy. I just want more. And it's like, and like, you know, of course, again, back to like the beauty and the youth and like the crap everyone's doing to their face and like taking Ozempic, which like no judgment if you, I do stuff to my face, but like, like there's so much more pressure on us and we don't get to have that like hilarious, like, yeah, I, I got a sports car and now I golf or whatever. Like, so I think that again, it's just not really being addressed in a way that's fair to us because we lose our minds too. And, and the pressure on us to maintain this level of like attractiveness of youth of it's a lot, but having Jane Fonda tell me like, I'm not supposed to like my forties. Your forties are a time when your hormones are going crazy. When you don't understand what your body looks like anymore. When it used to be that you could skip dinner and you could fit into your jeans. And now it's like, I have to buy new jeans. Like I don't recognize this vessel that my soul is inside of right now. And I don't know how to make it work to my benefit anymore. Oh, also and that ends. That's like the best news it ever. It does. According to Jane, it will end. And well, also, I trust that, Jane. <laughs> she knows that thing that um, I was told to believe that when you're in your forties, it's great. Cause you just don't care anymore. That's total bullshit. But I think it, it does happen in your fifties. And I think that we need to slog through our forties, but like enjoy what we can and make the most of it. But also know that like all of those things, like we're all a decade off. Like your 20s are now your 30s and your 30s are now your 40s. And it's like, it's all because like we're having babies so much later. So we're right, having like true. all, so like we're having like 20s and 30s are really like 
that, that condensed time of our 20s is actually now spread out to be like 20 years. You know, you've got their 20s and 30s. And then most of my friends are having babies in their 40s. And then all of a sudden, like, you're exhausted and your body's changing and your hormones are shifting and you have little ones at home. And like, you know, your marriage or your relationship, whatever it is, like your co-parent is like, also that person is shifting and adjusting. And, and it's exhausting. And there is like, like, lack of sleep is so major and it does it's like so many things can be solved by like allowing yourself sleep which seems so easy to say but like if you're not getting good deep sleep and maybe you don't need the eight hours everyone says you do like maybe you can get by on six but if it's six great hours seven amazing hours like we're also like subbing wine for actual like wine down time like the amount of alcohol that women are now consuming is out on par with what men are consuming and we are physiologically like not meant to drink that much and alcohol fucks with your system it just does so like this is another thing that's happening is like, we're stressed. We drink wine. The wine makes us stressed. We drink more wine, like, or sub in wine for whatever it is. Like we're not getting the sleep that we need to like, at least I'm not saying that getting a good night's sleep is going to make you not lose your mind or have a full mental breakdown. Like I can't promise that, but, but. Oh, I can <laughs> promise. Okay. Speaking from experience, <laughs> if you don't sleep and this is, Again, my experience, I have a magical power. If I don't sleep for like three nights in a row, I turn magic. Crazy. Yeah. It's called bipolar disorder, but it's also called like the most magical, like drug-free drug experience in the <laughs> world. <laughs> but it works both ways. If I get too much sleep, I'm like depressed and, you know, it just sort of feeds on itself. But if I... um if I don't sleep, it's like the most magic thing. So yes, getting getting that leveled out is very important. And I loved what you said before about about therapy because it. Um, I've taken a break from mm-hmm. my therapist at the moment because I feel like she was exactly the person I needed at that period, and she like got me through the worst point in my life. But. Mm-hmm she's not the right person for me anymore. And I've sort of yeah. been like, do I questioning, like, is it, did I grow out of her? Do I need that? And then certainly I, I need therapy. Um, so I think the answer is to find someone new. So I'm glad that you pointed that yeah. out. Thank you and, that's for that. like, and by the way, like no therapist that's good. If you find someone new, you go to three different people and you decide you do want to go back to that original therapist. Like, no one's going to be like, no, sorry, you left and we're not getting back together. Like Your that hair is never... not even. I did not do those bangs. Do not yeah, come back to me. That is not what that line of work is about. <laughs> so if you're feeling, and I would say this to your listeners, like if you're feeling like it might not be the right fit anymore, like you can always go back a hundred percent. No, that is, thank you. Thank you for giving me permission to do that. <laughs> yes, find someone different. Try someone new and see because again like we all and like I think that happens too with friendships and relationships you know sometimes there's like peaks and valleys like sometimes someone just really fits for a certain time of your life and and like maybe that person isn't a good fit forever or but they say that seven year rule for friendships oh no like there's a seven year turnover rule like if you look at your friends for the most part aside from like a best friend or something yeah like like the ogs right exactly like your friendships will switch over that period of time. I've never done the scientific breakdown of it, so I'm not really sure. But curious about that. I need to like get out the old calendar. 
Yeah. Yes. Who's up for bad news? Happened. <laughs> so it's been seven years. I used to think, although I'm, t- I'm like grossly happily married, but I've always been like, why are marriages forever? Like, why don't we sign a 10 year contract? Like, why don't we have like 10 years? And then you get, you know, after 10 years, you're like, do you, do you want to re up? Like, yeah, do it's you- Dan Savage. He totally says that. Like, Does he? If you've, yeah, if you I have, love like, him. He's so smart. If you've had like a relationship for 10 years or you've had like a monogamous relationship for 10 years, like that's hardly a failure. That's a success. Like you can have, you know, multiple of those over the span of a life. And that's what I'm telling myself now is my future because I've sort of, uh, (laughs) the ship has sailed on a really long relationship. So maybe the little decade ones are, uh, how exciting for you to have made room for a new experience. What a way of looking at that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Rapid fire questions. Okay. Before I need to give you up. Um, best thing about middle age. I mean, there are good things. Um, uh well, I for one am looking getting, forward to my 50s. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, getting closer to being able to say the word no. Okay. I have okay. terrible boundaries, so I'm working on no. No is a complete sentence. Did you know that? My friend Lola just told me that. I think I did, but I forgot. But yes, it is indeed. But please don't say no yet because we're not there. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I have to ask because I was asked best kisser. And if you say George Clooney, I'm just going to. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Softest lips in Hollywood. Oh, I can see that. I was on an airplane with her once and I just could not, I just wanted to like, just, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Soak her up. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, What movie made you laugh the most? Making. (laughs) Oh, making. (laughs) I was watching. What's the thing? Watching. watching. Triangle of sadness. (laughs) Which is amazing that that movie made me, it's, there's a part in the middle there. Wow. Okay. Like I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. Um, (laughs) But making, I mean, laugh the most making, I don't know. I feel like we laughed really hard making 13 going on 30. That is all time. One of my like top three. God, we had so much fun making that movie. Someone, my my friend wanted me to, the second you came up, to go, hi, Tom, Tom. Yeah. But I didn't. Oh, my gosh. But. I was at the pet store in my neighborhood, and the guy was like, what did he call me? He was like, hey, Bon Bon. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, you don't even know? And I'm like, no, Bon Bon. And he was like, that was your name in that movie. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I never. And then I was like, oh, oh you mean Tom Tom. And he's like, oh, my God, yes, Tom Tom. Oh, I'm so stupid. I'm like, okay, yes, Tom Tom. Bon oh, bon. really, I like Bon Bon, though. That sounds like that's a really good role to play. That's like a good grandma name. I'm always like, I'm constantly thinking about what my, my step-grandma name is going to be. Bon Bon's a good one. Bon I like Bon Bon. Yeah. My mom's Bima, except which is sort of came about accidentally. We're Jewish, so when it was like the kids' bar mitzvahs, was the one oh. time we got to be like Bima to the Bima. <laughs> shining moment. <laughs> All right, one last question: Have you ever been starstruck? All the time. Really? Still? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I recently was starstruck. Uh, I mean. Uh, I recently met James L. Brooks. 
Mm. And I was struck stupid because of terms of endearment in the Mary Tyler Moore show and broadcast news. I was mm. super starstruck. Um, I met um, Emma Lovewell. <laughs> I actually conducted a Q&A with her when she was doing a book tour and she was in Los Angeles and I could barely mm. speak. I was so starstruck because I am a Peloton obsessive and <laughs> I love Emma Lovewell and Peloton. Um trying to think I get starstruck also like by authors by politicians um Mm. my husband produces real time with Bill Maher so sometimes I've gotten to be like like one time I was at the after party with Fareed Zakaria and I was just like oh my gosh like I was (laughs) really starstruck um I that would get um, me too yeah and uh and even though I've met both of them, I, I went to see Amy Poehler and Tina Fey's show that they did together um, with their touring. And I was like in the audience and I was starstruck. I was like, I can't believe it's them. And they're there and they're their best friends and they're talking to each other. And I'm watching oh, this all happen. And I was just really like blown away by that. But just like us. Yeah, I get starstruck. I do. And usually I just need to like, if it's someone I'm working with, I have to get over the hump pretty quickly, obviously, because I'm about to work with them. But um, but there's just like so much talent out there. I, I, I think we should get starstruck by civilians because like you could just be waiting at a stoplight to cross the street with someone and you don't even know like the person next to you could have like, you know, invented like strain of an orchid or something like that like we have no idea the people that were around all day every day and like what is their tiny little superpower like that we could be starstruck by you know like no i love that <laughs> i know i do like grossly optimistic but no you don't i think i think it sounds um very not shallow that's a good thing <laughs> i'm trying to be i'm trying to be uh i'm trying to be like more open to all the humanity around us. Uh, and, and like, and because I live in a place in Los Angeles where we're just all like either in your house or in your car, it feels like, you know, I love being in cities. Like I was in Chicago all summer and it's so great. Cause you're just like, everyone's all together all the time. And, yep. you know, on the trains and walking around and buses and stuff. And I took a public transportation most of the time when I was there. And it was just like, it's so nice to be around people that you wouldn't normally be around. And oh, here in California, totally. you're only ever around people minus like maybe your job that you choose to be around. And so, you know, again, like, uh, I'm so thrilled people love Instacart, but like, let's not make our lives so convenient that we aren't out in the world, like meeting strangers that are, that are different than us. That's (laughs) absolutely true. I will say two things. First of all, I had a lovely conversation with Shazar, my Instacart delivery man last night. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) I did. Action and Instacart. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I probably saw him buying your groceries. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I I absolutely agree. And it's, I, for after I sold Scary Mommy before I left, I was working in New York two days a week, every week. Mm -hmm. And it was such like a vibrant energy and you just like fed off of it and it was yeah. just it, it just yeah. like fueled me and now I work um 
in my bedroom, you know, with myself. And <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's entirely different and I miss it. I do miss that. So yeah, I think next yeah. time I'm ordering Instacart, I'm going to think of you and I <laughs> may actually go to the grocery store. I'm not going to say I will, okay. <laughs> but I'm going to consider it. I'm going to ponder it. Maybe like once every five times. Start there. Okay. A baby step. All right. All right. Once every five times. That's my takeaway. I okay. <laughs> Judy, thank you so, so much. For I having love me. You. I know it was really um, fun. I love talking to you. Awesome. I will um, share all of the information about while and where you can find it and all the history and all that stuff. Thank um, you. And I don't even feel like I need to tell people where to find you because they can just find you anywhere. Um, in here. <laughs> I'm right in here. And this weird in my computer right now. Oh, she's here. She's really on my I, computer. I live inside of it. I'm in a hard drive now. Uh, Judy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you too. She's Got Issues is produced by Kira Shine, Play Audio Agency, and me, Jill Smokler. We would be so appreciative if you could rate and review the podcast. And don't forget to check out the magazine, she'sgotissues.com. See you next time.